Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see Him for who He is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. So Casey and I really enjoyed our time talking with Bo, so much so that we ended up talking for at least an hour, maybe a little longer. So rather than releasing that as one really big, long podcast episode, we decided to break it up, as we've done for the last couple, into two different episodes. So if you want to hear the rest of the conversation that we had with Bo, make sure to turn tune in next week. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode and you, as you were listening, it reminded you of a friend or a family member or somebody that you thought like they really need to hear this, feel free to share this episode with them, whether you do that via social media or texting them or email or just calling them up and telling them about it. It's actually one of the best ways that new people discover our podcast. If you have feedback for us or if you'd like to ask us a question that we can answer on a future podcast, you can send us an email at podcasts plural, at b4church.org. If you want to make sure that you do not miss next week's episode, the rest of our conversation with Bo, make sure that you are subscribed to the B4 Church podcast on iTunes or Spotify. You'll get next week's episode and you'll also get all of our future episodes. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B4 Church Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I'm one of the hosts. Normally, I would be joined by my co-host, Alex Lesler, but he's currently out on paternity leave, which is a lovely thing, baby number four. So instead, today, I am joined by Mr. Casey Parnell. Hello, everybody. Hello. Casey. And Casey, you've been on the podcast with us once before. I have, yes. And you also lead worship many Sundays. Many of the Sundays, yes, and Thursdays. Oh, yeah. It's been a great experience (laughs) at B4. It's so fun. Yes. And you're joining me today because we have an really fun interview with our good friend Bo Stern Brady. Hi Bo. Hi guys. We're really hey, excited Bo. to have Hi, you Case. here. <laughs> it's so weird to be in the same room with Bo, you know, doing an interview because we did this over the mountain in Bend for so long. So yeah, you two worked together all, back yeah, in the day. All yeah. kinds of collaboration. We migrated a little bit. Yeah. Yes. You were both served together at Westside Church in Bend, correct? We did. Like I've been there. I'm still there part time and I've been there 20 years almost. It's a good long a time long, to yeah, be somewhere. Yeah, 20 years, I think, in August. And you've been there not much. You were there not much shorter than Yeah, them. about 15 I served on staff there. And now I'm at B4 Church yeah. over the hill. You are, over the big hill. It's Man, more of a mountain, really. I know. It's more, yeah, it's a lot of mountain <laughs> to get across. Yes. Can't imagine doing that in like a wagon train or something I like know. that. That'd be a lot tougher than a, a car. Better these yes. days anyways yeah so Bo you are coming to me for because you're doing a sermon series in conjunction with Pastor Brad and so we wanted to have you on to let people get to know you a little bit more because you've been here before you've done multiple women's events and you've spoken from the platform before but we just wanted to have a chance to get to know you thank you it's so fun to be here it's always fun to be at before yeah I like asking because I think it's an interesting question of like how did you get where you are like you have worked at a church for a really long time, for 20 years. So what did that ministry journey look like? How did you get into ministry? What are the different things that you've done? And how has that morphed over the years? Yeah, I uh, went to Bible college. I didn't want to. I went under duress. But then I did a <laughs> word study and really liked it. So I stayed. Uh, and then I met my husband and really liked him and stayed. That was so, a good motivator yeah, to stay. That was another motivator. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we went to Bible college. But then we just served in churches for years and years, volunteers and I was like church secretaries, did all kinds of things. And then I started speaking at women's events, I don't know, in my late 20s probably. 
And then um, we landed in Bend, Oregon, and we got hired as the youth pastors there. Always a good first step. Yeah. Well, it was, I never wanted to leave. I was like so excited. We had been in youth ministry forever and I loved it so much. And so I became the senior high pastor at Westside during a time where there was, it was just such a bit, it was, it was back when we loved big box youth centers and yes. we had a great one and everybody came to it and we had I have 400 kids it was so so fun and so but I, I had teenagers myself at the time and I realized they could never be as needy as those kids to get my attention <laughs> it was like I'm just gonna have to actually be a parent or a youth pastor yeah. so I not knowing what would happen just turned in my resignation as the youth pastor and they found me another job and I've been nice. pretty much in that job ever since as teaching pastor and and I create content and decide. So it's a little bit my dream job of nice. creating content and sermon series and planning and collaborating and writing resources and a lot of what you do here. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I love ending up That's there. Cool. And then in the process, I've written some books and then started traveling a lot and speaking at all different kinds of places. It's funny that you bring up the youth ministry like ministry season at Westside because that's when we first I mean mm-hmm. we go way back even to like when I was in high school yeah. I feel like you and Steve were youth pastors at a church down the street but I remember when I first went to Westside Church and I was brought in the you guys invited me there for a meeting and I came in the back office do you remember this I came in the back office with you and your husband Steve and two kids walk in the room and I'm like who yeah. are these little kids coming in the office because so I'm presumptuous of them I just knew to you walk had, in I knew you had Whitney and Tori mm-hmm. but then I'm like who are these other kids like they're just randomly walking into an office and they're like oh this these are our other children Tess and Joe <laughs> I'm like you have children. four kids that's so many <laughs> he'd kids. never known anyone <laughs> with four kids before I still no. have them <laughs> yeah they're still they're I still around them. yep yeah, I kept those four yeah. just a little <laughs> no bit return older. policy on no those. return added six when I got married so there's 10 now that's fine so, but I think what was cool about so um Bo and Steve were a huge part of my sort of call into ministry in my life and developmental and um into youth pastoring pastoring creative arts and worship leading and just developing as a leader this is kind of might be something that um a lot of people don't know about you but you've done a lot of leadership development with young leaders in and through your life. I've been impacted by that, and I know there's hundreds of other people that could talk about that. Mm -hmm. But has there been a philosophy in your life around raising and mentoring up like young leaders in your life? I think Mm -hmm. mentoring is something a lot of people think about Mm -hmm. these days. Even if you're just in the business world or real estate looking for mentors, Mm -hmm. could you speak into your thought on leadership development through your life? Because that was a big part of that season. I wish I had a more complex thought than this, but I don't. I have one motto, and it's I'd rather pastor failure than prevent it. And so we just wanted to let everyone try everything. Try, Mm. see what happens. Try crazy events that, that made parents like scared (laughs) (laughs) try try speaking try baptizing kids try leading it just we just really wanted people to be able to try like a miss frizzle approach yeah mistakes and make messy (laughs) i like to think there's some similarities between me and miss frizzle um you have better clothes i just (laughs) i just really wanted to share all the load of leadership and i never wanted to be the only one who spoke and i always wanted to let people get out and speak and and evaluate and see how it goes and so that was 
fun for me to do. And I, that's part that I miss him do because I'm more of an individual contributor in my role now. And in all the churches that I serve, I think I'm mostly just, just me. And I do miss that, watching people um, become equipped and grow. I still work with women and, and coach them towards speaking and writing careers. But that's just a fun thing for me to see people start to do it, start to fly. And, and I, I even like to see people fail because it's such a great opportunity to learn. And I have people who stuck with me through failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that, but I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it happened. <laughs> there was a time. There was just one moment. <laughs> there back was in just, the there's day. one back there. You don't want to talk about that one thing. Yeah, that one thing. No, it's just been, I think, from at least being walking through the halls at B4 and being at services now for... Um, a few months it you're really well known here as a speaker and a gift mm-hmm. to this church but for people to know when you stand up there there um, is a heart behind that 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 I've been able to watch for years and years mm-hmm. which it's I watched the people walk past my office to your office you know uh, week in week out these meetings with young leaders that Bo and Steve would have and am a product of that so I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that and I think it's been special to see through your lives. And it wasn't just uh, mentoring even in my own life. And you, I mean, my brother married your daughter. So there's yeah. that connection too. Family so we've connection. Been family as well. So um, I've been able to be in their lives a lot, but it's been cool to see you pour into so many different people. And I think when somebody sees somebody on stage who's speaking in that way, it's just good for them to know, like this leader also not only mentors people from a microphone, but also just with your life. So that's been really And the cool older I get, the, the more I feel like that's the thing that will remain more yeah. than mm-hmm. anything else. I just feel like what will remain are the people that you invested in and how they multiply whatever little gift you were able to scrape together mm-hmm. and invest in them. And so I, I'm, I'm thankful that you said that because it matters a lot to me. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I we got to try a lot of different things. I mean, as youth ministry back then, we tried all kinds of different Yikes. things. It was fun. So Yeah, I know one of the things that you've been passionate about the last couple of years is your organization, Sheology. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved in, if you want to give like the elevator pitch of what Sheology is, yeah. what they do, and then what, what you're doing with that right now, because used to do conferences and things, but oh, then there was COVID. Remember the day? <laughs> remember, remember when we, we went were in the, the same, same room? room? <laughs> that was so much fun. <laughs> Loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sheology was born out of a, a desire to give a platform to writers and speakers that nobody was listening to or reading. I just saw so many younger women, not even just younger, all kinds of women out there that really f- had something to give and nowhere to give it. And so I'm, I'm passionate about gender equity, not just equality, but equity. Like, do you, can, do you have a stake in the ground? Do you own a piece of the kingdom? And so we developed a website where, where women, uh, a lot of women contribute their thoughts, and it's awesome. And then um, out of that conferences, one is Speakology, where we help women learn to speak, teach, and write, develop a career in that direction. And um, the other is Edge of the Wild, where we just talk about how to order our lives so that we can be our most effective and adventurous and excited selves on the planet. So that's been fun. And we've worked with, I mean, I think through Sheology, literally thousands of women have come to our conferences and been a, you know, regular readers on the site. And that's been really fun. I don't run it anymore. I've handed it off to another leader, but I'm still a contributor. Yes, and, and eventually been, uh, we'll do conferences. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say I've been to both. 
I've been to Speakology. Yeah. Actually, I think I've been to Speakology twice. Um, <laughs> and Edge of the Wild once. And once those come back, highly yeah. recommend that people do them because they're, they're really good. Yeah, I will I say this them. about Bo, too. I mean, it's been amazing to watch. I was raised by a woman in ministry, a yeah. pastor. Um, she was a children's pastor, but she, you know, so I was raised in VBS and singing all the little kids' songs and stuff like that. You knew but all she, the motions. I know all the motions to this day, <laughs> all of them. Um, but Bo <laughs> has really been a champion and fought some hard battles in terms of women in ministry and the, in terms of even some of the emails she would get after she would speak and fielding those things with such grace. Um, and we, we need leaders like this to stand up for women in ministry. And I'm, all, I'm thinking about it a lot here. I mean, we're in a denomination here that was founded by a woman. And I just, if you are a woman out there coming from a man, please attend one of these seminars if they're coming up um, and think about your role. I think, Bo, you've done incredible work, not just um, teaching about this, but modeling what it means to be a woman in ministry. And so mm. I'm grateful for that. Just watching that through your life, it's been amazing to watch. So, mm-hmm. well done. With that, um, we have had a conversation with Pastor Keith Jenkins a couple of weeks ago, just talking about kind of the need for diversity and community and that kind of a thing. Um, so kind of jumping off what Casey was just talking about, um, why, how, how have you seen like cross-gender relationships or women being involved in the church in a good way? How can that get wonky? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just kind of what what have your experiences been of being a woman in ministry? And are there anything that you would like to, any things that you like our congregation to kind of know about that journey and all of all that entails? Well, I, for me, it's it's been a lovely journey, not without s- some struggle. I don't know any leader that whose journey has not been difficult. But it's a little bit difficult for women, not a little bit difficult, it's a lot difficult to get real mentoring within mm-hmm. the church structure as it sits. We have this idea that women and men need to be very careful with the time they spend together, which yes, I understand that. But what it does is it treats women like they're all a loaded gun. And mm-hmm. so they can't get time with a, a senior leader to collaborate to ask questions to be mentored and then there's just the natural affinity that the people at the top with usually a group of men have with one another where they golf together and they mm-hmm. you know uh, they grab a guy and take him on the retreat with them or they take him to a conference where they're speaking with them and women do not get that and so for me even at Westside which is an amazingly I mean they've just given me so much room to be who I am there and I love that but but even there there's times when I landed our speaking team meeting and I and because people have the men have been together or talking or traveling together or whatever playing golf usually is what it is um, I feel like I'm showing up at a meeting late. Hmm. Like everyone's been talking already, and how do you all agree on Jeremiah? And I <laughs> wasn't even in. I didn't agree to a series on Jeremiah. Who wants to do a series on Jeremiah? So that's been a really tricky thing for me to figure out. How do I um, get the resources that I feel like everybody needs in order to be a speaker, especially a speaker, a teacher? I think there's a there's a lot of responsibility there to do it well and do it right and do it within the system in alignment with the with the vision of the house. Um, but it's hard for women to get that kind of mentoring because of the restrictions that we place on the way men pastor women. Um, and I don't actually know the answer. <laughs> I, I mean, and I'm it's pretty fine. comfortable with not knowing the answer to that. I just know there's gotta be one because we do this at you know Nike and IBM and good men of God 
work with good women without blowing up relationships mm -hmm. all the time. And so I just wonder how how might we do that in the church so that <laughs> yeah. that was that was a would we could you know raise women up. And there is I I like to take that role to help women be raised up because I'm able to do that and share a platform in that way. But it's not the same. It's mm -hmm. not the same because I, I don't have a church platform to give. I don't, you know, equity. That's the thing yeah. is I, I, mm -hmm. I can give you some, you're equal, sure, but I can't give you equity. I can't give you a stake in the game. So I think that that's been an interesting thing. Have you had any men that have um, championed you in this? Um, that you feel like have been really rooting for you? And do you have any advice for men that have, you know, want to root for women in ministry or in other realms, business or whatever? Do you have any advice for men so they can further champion women? Especially without being patronized. Yeah, without being paid. I <laughs> yeah. guess that's a great way to say it, but. Yeah. Hang in know. there, little lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think there's probably some do's and don'ts and. Yeah, you you would know better than anyone probably. What I that like. well, I love the question. Um, I I have had awesome men in my life. Um, Steve, my pastor Steve Mickle, is amazing um, at just having and well, in fact, starting with Ken Johnson, and this was an interesting thing. Ken Johnson, pastor of Westside for a long time, such a successful, brilliant guy, um, and I loved learning from him just by watching him. But he had so little problem with women in ministry that it wasn't even a blip on his screen and so he never really addressed it to the mm. church or to the whatever it just was like oh if they don't like women in ministry they don't belong here which is great mm. that gave me a lot of opportunity to speak and teach and all of that stuff however i do think it it's really good if if senior leaders especially lay out a case for it in mm -hmm. the in to the congregation so that they, they have can to really set you up for success yes. without you having to fight verbally yeah. to be and there not just in execution but doctrinally mm -hmm. S set up the why do you believe the way it is the way it is why do you believe that the bible doesn't prohibit this what do you do with the prohibitions mm -hmm. of paul what do you do with all of these this loaded language inside the new testament not much loaded language in the old testament but there's just this stuff in the mm -hmm. new testament that right. we go back to so teaching that to the congregation and and to everyone is really helpful not just you know so that women don't have to always prove that they deserve to be there and a lot of times when people would come to me and say i don't understand why you're speaking you're a woman and that's against the bible i would say listen i didn't rush the stage and take the mic that was handed to me by a man mm -hmm. so your problem really is with him and you probably yeah. ought to just talk to him. And my pastor was great about fielding those things. But I just think overall we want to be, if that's our stance as churches, we want to be known as a church that fully believes it. And mm -hmm. not just fully believes it, but uses it, does it. Yeah. Because a pound of execution is worth a ton of philosophy. Mm -hmm. So being able to be a church that actually does it, where young girls and young boys can see that women are more than pretty. They're more than, you know, whatever. They, they actually can be in this in the thick of things mm -hmm. I think is really important another thing men can do male, male leaders is even if they're not ready to put a woman on the stage they can include women in their collaboration they can send their sermon notes to a woman and say That's what great. what do you when you look at this are there any triggers are there any th things that I'm saying when I talk about my smoking hot wife does that offend you is there <laughs> yes. something in that <laughs> most definitely yes <laughs> is there something in that that Just might offend be single you know? people as well like, is it, oh, yeah. or when I yeah. when I call women who've had abortion murderers from the platform 
Might that might yeah. there be a better way for me to choose my language there? There are Some all kinds of things, yeah, and and not just married women, single women. Ask mm-hmm. single women what they think about what your message says. If all your illustrations are about marriages and mortgages and fighting with your wife, that's alienating a whole group of people. So mm-hmm. there's just lots of ways you can get into the thick of this and start to. Um, promote this idea that women have some equity inside the church without actually doing the crazy thing of putting a woman on your stage. You know, you don't have to go all the way. You can just just start (laughs) to introduce some concepts. I love the idea of collaboration, building respect. I think that's a really strong and easy win Mm -hmm. um, is asking people's advice, especially in terms of maybe something that could potentially be, you know, sensitive for somebody's life. Situation and yeah. if you take a woman's advice on your in, for your message, credit her when mm-hmm. you when you speak. Yeah. I, I say I talked to these women in order to to get their viewpoint, and they said this thing, and it shows as a man that that women are respected and their voice matters. I do that when I speak. I want people to know that I respect men, and there are men in my my life that speak into my life and matter a lot. So, I think mm. just promoting unity is such a good thing and, and honor. Yeah, that kind of is a lovely segue to another thing that I wanted to be able to talk to you a little bit about because we had a conversation about this over coffee a couple weeks ago of like, what does church look like post COVID? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of us have stopped coming or not coming as frequently or have discovered brunch and maybe find that to be more appealing church on Sunday. Kind of rearrange the letters of brunch. It kind of makes church. church. (laughs) It does. It looks very similar. (laughs) It's Um, close. It's very close. (laughs) Brunch puts the burr in church. Something like that. I'm a a workshop that one a little bit. There you go. Next sermon series. (laughs) Um, But why, why do you think church is still important why is that unity having community with our brothers and sisters in christ why is that an important thing even after we've discovered brunch (laughs) (laughs) well i used to have a million answers to that question like a whole bunch of answers and now i have mostly one answer (laughs) and my answer is church is important because jesus loves it so much and so because he loves it i want to love it too and it's been, for me, a, like a really disappointing year to watching the church business go down, just watching how, not the church, but Christians, just watching how it's played out has been really disappointing for me and for so many of us. Um, but Jesus loves his church, and I'm not going to budge because he loves his church. And I think that we're in a season of reform. That's what I hope. I hope that we are. I think the first time I spoke after COVID hit, after we were locked down and there were only like seven of us in the building and we have this big, huge building in, in Bend. And I, I put on my Instagram, just to be funny, I'm speaking Sunday, BYOB, bring your own building. <laughs> and I thought, gosh, it's really true. This, everything can be shaken, but the, this is what remains. And so for, like, Casey, you remember when we started in ministry, it was like, it's all about the weekend, stupid. Remember mm-hmm. that line we yep. used to say around the table? Yep. I and didn't like how they called me stupid. <laughs> I did not appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I think it was the collective stupid. Oh, okay. But, um, it wasn't just you. <laughs> Sometimes it feels targeted. So. <laughs> Probably set myself up a little bit. But I think we've realized it's not. It's certainly not all yeah. about the weekend. And and so I hope that what's everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that what can't be shaken will remain. I hope that what remains is what Jesus loves most. That's yeah. what I hope. 
uh, I, I can't pinpoint exactly what that is at this moment. You know, like of these things that remain, what are we going to hold on to? Um, I don't know. I hope we don't just try to rebuild everything we had before. Yeah. Because we Build were back pretty, the same. <laughs> pretty fat, yeah. I think. Just pretty like cumbersome and not very light on our feet as the church universal. And um, so I'm hoping that we come out of this more agile, more compassionate, more... Uh, caring I that's what I hope <laughs> me too <laughs> that's my big hope yeah it felt like over the last year just the phrase like I miss my friends or like yeah. you know when I see videos or something of two people that haven't seen each other in a year I saw this one birthday party where a friend like popped out of the big box you know like the <laughs> birthday gift and they're like crying like jumping on each other hugging mm-hmm. each other it to me spoke to the power of community and when yeah. I think about miracles, um, which have notoriously, if I'm honest, been difficult for me to understand um, from the way Jesus did them to now, but when I think about community uh, spiritually as a miracle, I've um, it's been really powerful to me this year. I think just in terms of like I was I was sick uh, earlier this year, and people dropped four different families dropped meals off for me. Mm. Um, And they barely knew me at the time. And I was just thinking, this is powerful. This is miraculous. This isn't something that happens everywhere. And so how would you, like, I know your community probably looks different than other people, but how would you describe that in terms of this year? Has it changed community or does it look differently to you now as you? I think I'm infinitely more thankful for the people that are really in in what is my tribe and and also way more aware of people who don't have that i Mm -hmm. think this really highlighted that like there are people out there that don't have someone in times like these in these unprecedented times Um, i know i want some precedented (laughs) times badly um but i yeah i really think that it's made me so grateful and I like what you said about miracles because I more and more in the New Testament I'm seeing how Jesus always moves to the margin to do miracles. He always moves to the outskirts. He he mm. doesn't do a lot of miracles yeah. on the main stage of the church. And the church right now I look out and I think they're still trying to get back to the main stage. We still are trying to get back to that, back to that, back to that. And I'm seeing miracles happen in community, mm-hmm. in the home groups, in the living rooms, in yeah. the doctor's offices. So I feel like if we got pushed a little to the margins this year, we're going to be more like Jesus because of it. I'm not worried about that part of it. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at b4church. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.